Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together, we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys, too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and The coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be back and have Taylor back this week. We're so happy that you're back. I hope you guys enjoyed my solo episode about uh, nighttime anxiety. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to that episode. Um, But we are excited that you're back, Taylor. And why don't you fill people in a little bit on what was going on and why you weren't able to make it? Um, yeah, so my dad got sick and we were pretty worried about him. And do you want to know something interesting, Allison? Someone actually messaged me on Instagram and was like, this is why he should have gotten the vaccine. And in my head, I'm like, you don't know if he got the vaccine or Wait, not. They s- oh, they, they said this is why he should have gotten it or shouldn't have gotten yeah. it? Yeah. And all I said is that he's oh, sick. And it's like, it. it's kind of like what you and I talked about before this episode is like, we're going to, guys, we're going to get sick like from here on out and we're going to be a little more hypersensitive to it. And we're going to immediately go to those thoughts of like COVID or something. Allison and I were just sharing a TikTok and how this girl is like, I think COVID sisters going around and it's like, well, maybe it's just a virus. Um, And so I think like going into, especially allergy season right now, we're going to feel sometimes symptoms and that's okay. And reminding ourselves that viruses were here before COVID and viruses will be here after COVID and, Yes. My dad's okay. He's feeling so much better. Um, we were worried because I think it we were hypersensitive from COVID, you know, like right. yeah. we, we went through a yeah. lot and then my dad was super, super tired, but the good news is he's feeling better. So that's all that matters. And yeah. no COVID, it wasn't COVID, but. Well, and you were telling me before we started recording about how 
it probably was so much scarier for you to see your dad like that because you said like he never gets sick. Yeah. Right. Like he never really, you haven't seen him like that before. And so my dad was, you know, the same way a lot of his life where, I mean, he would go to the doctor and stuff. It's not like he would be scared to go to the doctor, but he really never got sick, like really sick. And so when you see someone who has like a weakened immune system, you're automatically like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. This is not. And you and I are like immediately protective of our parents and their health, like already. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Which, how was your dad? update so well i'm so glad your dad's feeling better by the way but um my dad is seems to be getting better every single day he's back in rehab um he went into the hospital for a couple days from the rehab again because his blood levels were low or whatever so he needed to do that um but he's back in the rehab for anyone that hasn't listened to the other episodes my dad fell and he broke his femur so he that's like lower part of the hip, like upper leg kind of. And so he's been recovering for almost like a month, over a month now. He was in the hospital for like three weeks and he was very disoriented and it was scary to watch, but he's back in rehab and he's in like a different wing now actually. And it's so much nicer, the wing he's in. The nurses are so nice. And he has a great view of, you know, nature, which you guys know I love. So um, I went to see him yesterday and we, you know, watched the Phillies together and they did horribly, but um, <laughs> we just, you know, I bring him fruit and some protein and stuff like that. And so, you know, I see it's, it's good. It's almost, it's adjusting to seeing someone you love in that state, you know, being very helpless yeah, and being weak and just wanting them to, you know, especially if they were this vivacious and energetic person before, yeah. It just makes me feel so sad because you almost know that they want to be free so right. bad, but they can. And so today he had a very rigorous PT session, but I don't know how it went yet, but because it was the holiday weekend, they didn't really push him um, as far as they're going to today. So I just kept telling him yesterday, remember, you want to get out of here. That's all you keep thinking about when you have these pain, you know, yeah. the pain is going to be painful. You just need to be keep thinking like, I need to get out of here. Like every little pain is closer to you leaving. I mean, yeah. And we, we can all have those thoughts with everything, you know, yeah. is that we put in the work and the outcome will come. But also I love that both of our dads, you know, we were both down about it and we were struggling with it. And now they're both on the rise and Good always comes after bad. We have to remind ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's life, right? Like you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Everyone's going to have good days and bad days. You're going to have to get through different challenges in your life. And go ahead. Because then you were hit with Izzy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my God, listen to this, you guys. Oh my gosh. If you were watching my stories, I was, it was the perfect storm. So I cannot believe that I did not end up in the hospital myself with a panic attack because <laughs> I, first of all, was not sleeping. I have not, last night I had the first eight hours sleep in a row where I didn't wake up and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Um, Wait, how much I, have you been sleeping? Like four hours. A night? And then I would wake up and be up for like a couple hours and then try and fall back to sleep for a couple oh, hours. Okay. But So not like functioning off of four hours? No. Well, some days. Some oh days I God. was. How long was this going on? Four to five hours. I think since my dad got in the hospital. Okay. Yeah. 
it's been pretty, it's been stressful. So, um, but, but so anyway, so Friday, I was so excited because I finished up my clients early. It was gross out. I put my pajamas on. I said, today I'm going to work on my book a little bit, but then I'm going to watch movies and TV the rest of the day. I don't even care. I'm just relaxing and I'm ordering food. Yay. So then I take Izzy out before I start my movie and I get, and she starts trying to poop and she like can't poop. She kind of does. And this might be TMI for anyone, but we're going to talk about poop. So if you don't like talking about poop, just skip forward. Um, But she tries to poop and she can't. And I'm like trying to help her with it. I'm trying to see it's like half in, half out. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. (laughs) So now there's like poop everywhere. She also hates when anyone or any dog comes near her butt, which is annoying because dogs sniff each other's butts for like, that's how they get to know each other. So I rescued her. So something must have happened with her butt where she got abused or something because she does not any like anyone down there. And so she would not even let me like try and wipe it off or like clean it. So now I like have to walk up back down up to my apartment in my building with poop like dripping. I'm trying to not get things dirty. I have poop on my shoes and my, I am just, now I'm kind of used to poop because I helped my sister raise her kids and I changed a lot of diapers. I don't have kids yet, but you know, I'm really whatever about it. Um, so, but I got up here and I just, it was more, it was less about me getting it on me and more like on my carpet and that's not mine. And my furniture, like I did not want it on to have to clean. So so I said, oh my gosh, this poor thing. I knew I had to bring her to the ER. So that we have an ER vet that's amazing about three minutes from my apartment. Um, I try and wrap her in this towel. And she doesn't really stay in the towel. I put her in my car. Thank God I don't have a new car yet. So my car's still crappy. So I'm like, okay, if she gets poop, but I still didn't want it on the seat. So I put this towel down. She's like, not staying on the towel. I'm trying to drive and like hold the towel. I'm talking to her. I'm like, when was there? It's it was so now that the geek back, I was like, it was so crazy. I can't believe I was (laughs) I wish I had a video clip. (laughs) And then and then I finally get there and it's actually a curbside pickup and stuff because I know. Yes. I hate that. So I the nurses were so nice and I, you know, my dog's not the best. So they gave her a little, a muzzle and she went in and they were like, okay, we'll probably call you in an hour and I'll be fine. And she's totally fine. It really wasn't that expensive. And I thought it would be like this whole hard, horrible thing. The best thing was about 15 minutes after I got there, my food was delivered and I was so sad because I was no. so hungry. Yes. And you know, I've been eating so well lately. I got like a veggie burger, so it was healthy, but I was so excited. So I actually drove home and ate really quick and then drove back to get her. <laughs> um, but she ended up just, it was fine. It was like, some hair that was matted and like she was doing okay. They shaved a whole part of her butt, which looks so funny because there's all this fur and then a shaved part of her butt. And now... She has irritation because they shaved it too closely. So now she's like itching her butt all the time. She's scooting. Anyway, it's never a dull moment. And I might need to take her to the vet again today to make sure it's not like infected. I don't know. And I'm just thinking to myself, that happened. And then my dad was like back in rehab, but we were worried because like we didn't know where he was. And then I had this date on Saturday night and I've been like seeing this guy kind of. And now I'm like, you know, not trying to be in my head about that because I really like him. Whatever. It's so, it's just, I see life. I know. I just want to let you know that I see you. 
Like I see you on your stories. Like you're trying so hard. I I see. I I hear you. Like I hear it in your voice on how hard you're trying to be like. Like you're trying almost so hard. I just want to like hug you because I know you just like don't want to go through what you went through. Like I feel like that last relationship was like a little bit traumatic because he made you feel so sensitive. And if you haven't listened to like our whole I mean, we have, she has a whole like docu-series basically of her relationship. I mean, we did a couple episodes where we touched on it. And I mean, I didn't even want to bring it up when I saw it on your stories. I was like, we don't have to talk about it because I feel like that might be triggering from when we always talked about the last one. Yeah. And I just, I just want you to know I see you and I see how hard you're trying. And I just want you to be yeah. you because you shouldn't have to be anyone but you. You know, like you were never too sensitive for that guy. and everyone else listening, you should always be 100% you. I think that's why I feel different right now. Like I am completely myself with this person. I'm actually still even like trying – I'm still trying to – like we already have hung out longer and are really just like not even – like we're just hanging out as friends first. Yeah. Like – like. A month or two longer than William and I, oh, wait, did I say his name before? Yeah, shoot, I don't think. Anyway, okay, it's okay. Um, every, a lot of people are in that. Um, but with who I was with, like we went really fast, and we're already going so much slower than we did, and it's been really nice just like hanging out and getting to know him and. Yeah. And also still like, I'm still seeing other, you know, I'm still like dating around and seeing other people. So I'm in a different mindset. And I, the thing that you said to, I want to give you a hug. So did you see my stories yesterday when I talked about physical touch? Yes. So you guys, I did, I did a whole story about how on Saturday night when I was hanging out with this guy, we like watched a movie. It was the first time I had seen his place and we were watching a movie. And so we were cuddling and stuff. And physically like being close and hugging each other. And I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, there is something about just someone holding you Mm -hmm. and hugging you that I'm learning for me is it's just, it is something that I think I don't, you can't get anywhere else besides, and not even just romantically, but I'm thinking like, I want to like hug my family more Mm -hmm. and just people no, there's you know, signs behind that. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, yeah, I was talking about those cuddle parties when they used to before COVID. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, there's a thing in LA, like professional cuddling, like to where you could yes. pay a company or something. Yeah, I know. They had them know. in New York City, too. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could do that. I'm, I actually, like, hate being touched. But, like, if it's someone I know, yes. But, like, a random person, I would feel a little weird. So I actually am similar. I don't love, you know, being touched, but I'm also wondering if that has something to do with just my my whole sense of connection and how it scares me to be that yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. So, yeah. but I noticed that because the next morning I woke up and I was feeling like really lonely yesterday. I saw that. And, and I, I remember was- you. What's weird, Allison, is when I was listening to that, I remember watching your stories when you first met uh, the other guy and you were lo- you, t- you did a story about how you were lonely then. And it's always when you meet someone. Yes. So I'm like trying to put this stuff together. And I think it's because being – hold on, I have to sneeze. 
Bless you. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you just hear that really loud. ASMR. Um, yeah, yeah, that was not calming. Um, I think it's because what I just said, the physical closeness and intimacy is so just for me, I don't know. There's just something so authentic and real about it for me, even if I don't know them that well and just so connected. It makes me so connected to someone yeah. that when it happens and I hadn't had it in a while and then I'm not with that person, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I feel really, I miss that. I just want that physical closeness like all the time, which isn't healthy either. So um, anyway, I, we do have a topic today, by the way, you guys, <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just updating you all on what's been going on. It's um, been two weeks. I know, exactly. So anyway, I really felt after I kind of told that story because you guys in my anxiety healing community make me feel less alone. And Taylor, you're so helpful. And I love sharing those things with you guys because I get so many amazing messages telling me how people were feeling the same way that day and how, yeah. you know, even if it wasn't lonely that yesterday they were just feeling more down or more sad. And I don't know, you know, um, the weather in the East Coast was terrible the last couple of days. So there was that. Um but I went to visit my dad and we had such a nice time. And so I felt a lot better by the end of yeah. the day. And I had dinner with a friend outside because it was nicer out. So the, the day ended up awesome. And weirdly enough, I had the first good night's sleep in like a month last night. Huh. So, yeah, wow. I'm I'm really trying to, to approach this differently. And um, I think really, you guys, if you're in this, if you're single and you're kind of like really ready to find somebody, I think being able to take things really slow and just, you know, dip your feet in the water with different guys or girls or non-binary people, whoever you are, dipping your toes in the water and maybe seeing a different people and taking things slow is totally okay. And that's what's yeah. been helping me. Um. So I am, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good today and it's really nice out. So I might get to do this. So I'll keep you guys updated and let you know, but watch my stories because at the anxiety healer, because I will keep you updated on all of that stuff. Um, oh, and I also put out a new course in the meantime of all this called seven days of anxiety healing, a mental health masterclass. I've actually done it a bunch throughout the year, the past two years, and it's been amazing. And it's just seven days of all different types of anxiety healing exercises. So there's videos every day, there's exercises every day, and then there's a Facebook group that's private. And we all, I go live every day and we have a group coaching session during the week. And there's a day about boundaries. There's a day about facing your fears. There's a day about negative thoughts. There's a day about gratitude and self-affirmations. So I go through all these different exercises. And um, I was putting this all together and, and got this out at the same time. So check that out at theanxietyhealingschool.com. The if you guys are interested, it starts July 12th. Um, and it's really intimate group of people. So spots are going to fill up really fast. Um, and you can use the code chicks 20 for 20% off. Um, and again, it's seven days of anxiety healing and it's a very interactive type of course. And in a week you, 
I mean, from what people have taken it before, what they've said is that after that week, it's, I mean, people have said it's been a very life-changing because they've really incorporated a lot of the cognitive behavioral tools that I use in my practice into their life. Um, that's So that was a little plug for that, but still, I'm really excited about it because I haven't actually done it since September. Yeah. I wondered why you stopped those because I was like, I remember you would give them every like quarter or something. Well... It was because I was writing a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's actually why. <laughs> I was writing my book and I finally handed in the final manuscript um, that was edited a second time last weekend. And I'll be editing it again a couple more times, but I had to write the whole thing. So that's actually why I didn't do it. But go to the anxietyhealingschool.com and um, put in code chix 20 and you'll get 20% off. And um, honestly, I think you guys are going to love it. And we only, I only am going to do it probably one more time at the end of the year. So I think the summer is one of the best times to do it because a lot of people aren't as busy with work and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I feel like just being, you know, busy with all of this stuff and putting that out and the book and then my dad and like wanting to really make dating a priority. I just, I, I feel like how you felt when your wedding was coming up. <laughs> and you had all, yeah, really, you know what I mean? Just like oh, every yeah. day and you had a deadlines for things and you're, so, you know, this is how life goes, right? You were in that, people call it seasons. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. But I'm definitely. in this sort of season in my life where there's just a lot of things going on and some good, some really challenging. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'll come to a different season that is maybe a little bit more relaxed. So I'm looking Enjoy forward to Enjoy every season. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so why don't we get into what we're going to talk about, which let's do it. Uh, you know, people have tuned in to hear to talk right. about derealization and depersonalization oh, um, when it comes to anxiety. So before we get into like the definitions, have you ever experienced oh, yeah. like the, it yeah. actually like didn't happen when I first started having panic attacks or maybe it did. And I just didn't like. I feel like once you learn about it, you're like, oh my gosh, like I feel yeah. part of something. But okay. yeah, you okay. can get into explaining it and then I'll explain kind okay. of how I recognized it and how maybe I, I think this will help a lot of people understand like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. Because when I learned about derealization, depersonalization, I was like, this is a thing. Like, it I just, know. Yeah, yeah. get it's into crazy. it. We'll get into it. And, and it's, it's interesting because I feel like, well, once you guys hear it, We'll talk also more about like which one of us struggles with what the most, but okay. So I'm going to talk first about anxious depersonalization. So anxious depersonalization is feeling detached from your thoughts, feelings, or body. So you might feel like a robot or you might feel like you're not in control of your speech or your movements. You can have emotional, physical numbness of your senses or responses to the world around you. You could feel as if you're floating in the air above yourself. Sorry, I have to take a drink. My throat's... <clears throat> my allergies are so bad today. Mm -hmm. Like my eyes are watering. Um, sorry, guys. Okay. So feeling as if you're floating in the air, kind of like above yourself. Now... Remember, depersonalization and derealization are very connected. So you might see some of the symptoms overlap a little bit. But um, 
mostly just remember that depersonalization is just really feeling detached from your thoughts and your feelings and your body. Okay. Now, anxious derealization is more feeling detached from your surroundings. So people and objects around you seem unreal. They don't really seem like they're there. You might have distortions of distance or the size and the shapes of things might look distorted. Um, The surroundings around you can appear blurry or colorless. Um, So things around you just feel very distorted. Um, And then you could also feel distortions in perception of time, such as recent events, feeling like they were sort of a long time ago or something like that. Um, A lot of distorted the way you are perceiving your reality in that moment. Like a lot of things are distorted and you just feel really detached from what's around you. Mm -hmm. So those are the main differences between the two. So anxious derealization is sort of feeling detached from your surroundings and depersonalization is feeling detached from your thoughts or your feelings in your body. Mm-hmm. So it is very common to experience one or both of those when you're having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people, you know, with anxiety attacks, they're more prolonged and they're not as quick. So panic attacks come on quickly and they Um, don't really, they usually will last maybe like 10, they peak at like 10 minutes. This is average, but they will peak at like 10 minutes and then it lasts like 20 or 30 minutes. Anxiety attacks are consistent and they last, you know, you might not have this, um, these physical, really difficult physical symptoms, like really debilitating and heavy for that long, but you do feel just these depersonalization, derealization over a period of time. So Tell me, now tell me your experience. What have you noticed about derealization, depersonalization, and what have you experienced? So when my, when I first started having panic attacks, actually, I just always felt like I was in a constant panic state, you know, like I was just, so, cause I didn't know what was going on with myself. And I remember this one time in my apartment and this is before I knew what derealization, depersonalization was, I was looking in the mirror and I felt like it was odd. Like I felt really, really odd seeing myself. And I didn't want (laughs) to looking in the mirror was almost like I didn't want to do it because I felt like I was like, who is that? Like almost like my face, like looking at my face felt weird. Um, so yeah, I I just went on from that. I never even like looked up what that was. I was just like, Oh, this is anxiety. And then the derealization actually came a long time after, at least I feel it did. A long time after having panic attacks and it would be in the form of like being in a group of people at a dinner and then all of a sudden feeling like where what am i everyone here's fake like almost like i'm not at this dinner with everyone and i would have to get up go to the restroom and like look in the mirror and be like you're here and like almost like bring myself like wow. even like touching my hands or like pinching my hand yes. and being like like you're here right now like it's almost like a dreamlike state is the best way to put it it felt like me sitting in a fake reality and then another time and this is the weirdest one i think back on is i remember driving late at night um in an uber or something it was like after a football game and this was when my panic attacks were so bad and looking up at the sky and feeling like the clouds were coming down on me like i straight up was like it is the end of the world and i was telling my boyfriend at the time that like you would think i was on drugs like honestly <sighs> 
you would think oh I was on gosh. drugs because I was so convinced that like something bad was happening in the world. I was like, these clouds are coming down. Like it truly, like I felt like it's so weird. Allison, oh like the gosh. best way That's to put so it so is scary. like, I, it is. And like, this is before I even knew that like derealization, depersonalization is a thing. Right. So I was just like, so convinced that the world was ending. And I said that like a bunch of times. Yeah. The, whenever the sky was looking weird is when the derealization got bad. See, I think that that, that is what, because I, I don't know, you know, the science behind, I mean, I know science behind our body and anxiety, but with derealization, depersonalization, um, I don't necessarily know, you know, is there a, is there a state of your body where it's worse, right? Like physical body, does it happen, right. you know, <clears throat> more when you're like, can it happen at any time, even if you're just feeling overwhelmed, right? Or does it happen in a really heightened state of anxiety, even if you're not having a panic attack? You know, like, I think it just varies for everybody because I feel like I've had it when <clears throat> I didn't even think I was really stressed. Yes. I, I just, you know, like yeah. I was at work and I remember when my, you guys know about my acid reflux issues. And they started a long time ago because I have, you know, I have, uh, I had gotten th uh, food stuck in my throat a couple times and it made me, the, like the first time it happened and the second time it happened, it made me so scared. I thought I was choking, but I could still breathe. So I wasn't choking. It was just stuck like how a pill gets stuck sometimes. Have you ever had like medication stuck in your throat? It's, it's just the most uncomfortable feeling. And I was still, I wasn't, I started getting progressively anxious because when it first happened, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, whatever. And then I started feeling just that my surroundings, it was definitely more derealization happening to me because I could tell that I almost, the derealization almost like made me have a panic attack, like yes. made me yes. have more of a panic attack. If but you had a, but you had a trigger. So I've noticed that too. Is okay, like if I'm yeah. in if I'm in like a Target or a Walmart, you know those like fluorescent lights. Mm -hmm. So like weird lighting can be a trigger for me to almost like start seeing my environment differently. Oh yes. And then things are blurry, and then I'm like I'm not here, and then it begins, and then it's a panic attack. So yes. it's like I did notice that there there was triggers for me. So like at that restaurant, like the overstimulation of the restaurant. Yeah. And then like my group being right there and having to focus on my group. It's such a weird, like, I don't even yeah. know how to explain it, but getting up and just like moving my feet and, or like pinching my hand or something. It was like, you're here. I'm here. So like, remind myself like, yes. So this isn't I, a dream. <laughs> I would say that's actually probably one of the best tips and tools for depersonalization, derealization is somehow using your senses yeah to ground yourself and bring you back to the present moment um so you guys have heard me talk multiple times on here about the five senses grounding exercise so looking around you and identifying three things you can see and and in your mind saying what they look like and what their color is um four things that you can here, three things that you can touch. The touch is really good. Like you said, I think being able to touch either the sweater that you have on or like touch the chair and describing it, or um, if you're outside, you know, like touching 
nature or something or wherever you are touching something and describing the texture and the color and and then two things that you can what is it what ones did i say i don't remember but something you can taste <clears throat> and then something you can smell so essentially all of your senses bring you back to the present moment because you're literally training your brain to recognize what's in front of you and what you hear, what you see, what you feel, what you taste, that's all bringing you back to where yeah. you are right now. And I think that's that's something. And something else that is really great that works is ice or something very cold. Yeah. Because um, it can stimulate the vagus nerve, which is really the vagus nerve, which we've talked about on a different podcast episode. So you should go listen to it. I think it was like three episodes back, but the vagus nerve is, is something that you want to stimulate. Um, it's part of the biggest nerve in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. So the cold, either ice on your wrist or your neck stimulates the nerve. Um, and it brings you back again, it's using your sense of touch, right? And it brings you back to really kind of like that feeling and it might be cold, but you don't need to keep it on there for a long time, but it kind of jolts you back into the moment. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Totally. It's kind of like uh, if you ever watch some movies and you see people, you know, having these really panicky moments, they go in the bathroom and splash cold water on their face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a similar concept. Doing that right. Uh, another thing, and I'm sure I'll, I'll get a lot of messages because like every time I talk on this, people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't want to say anything, but but I've done that and I'm, I'm ashamed of it, but I felt that way. So I actually know a lot of people and this happened to my brother, um, smoking weed. If you are like sensitive to THC of any kind, my brother had extreme derealization. Like he told my mom, and this is before we knew what anxiety was. Uh, he goes, I feel like I'm not here right now. He was like, I feel like I can see myself. And this happened to my friend too, who smoked weed. She told me the exact same thing. She goes, I feel like I'm sitting here and looking at myself from an mm -hmm. outward perspective. I've never felt that way. Like I've never seen myself. I don't even know how that would look. Like I've tried well, so, to think so about that's it. The, that's the psychoactive component of weed that they're experiencing. So it is the THC, but it's like not the THC legal amount that's in CBD. It's like the actual psychoactive part of THC that's in weed. So weed- yeah. Right. Yeah, no, no, so, no, but a ton of people have had that experience from weed. Which makes sense because it's which, a psychoactive component of the drug. Yeah, yeah, which triggered like from then on my brother's panic attacks. Yeah. But it all so started like, from smoking weed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say that don't – if you guys think that you want to try marijuana or cannabis, again – we're not talking about CBD. We're talking about marijuana, right? That's weed, yeah. includes yes. Weed is has a psychoactive component. TH it has it has a whole huge percentage of THC in it. But also, unless it's medicinal, and you're buying your marijuana or pot from wherever you don't know, you have no idea what's in that, right? So, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, oh my gosh, I actually. And so the, not, maybe not weed. Who knows? Maybe it's different. Um, however, you're ingesting ingesting the marijuana. There's a lot of people that actually get 
it helps their anxiety. Mm-hmm. It helps them feel calm and it helps them sleep. So obviously our biology is different. Everyone's biology and chemistry, body chemistry is different. But if you're thinking about wanting to try weed or marijuana, I will call it marijuana or cannabis, and you feel like maybe you have anxiety and you're thinking about wanting to try it. Um, and I'm not talking recreational. I'm talking about actually if you have anxiety and you want to try it, you should do it in a way where you can get a medical marijuana card because I think it varies state to state now still. And if you're in another country, I apologize. I'm not sure what the laws are there. But in the U.S., um, it is becoming more accessible to get a mar- medical marijuana card. So do it in a way that's managed by a psychiatrist or a doctor because there are a lot of people that it has helped with their chronic pain and anxiety. So I'm not sure what the experience was for your friend or brother, but definitely don't just buy it from someone or smoke it from a place that you don't know what it is because there are ways that it could help and be medicinal for anxiety. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that that might be an experience that, of course, would be so scary. You know what I mean? Like, if you are able to get it prescribed to you and that does happen, the good thing about that is, like, if that happens as a side effect, you talk to your doctor about it, right? You right. have you have a psychiatrist or someone, an advocate that you can say, listen, I experienced this when I did it, when I had some, took the pill or I smoked a little bit and that scared me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was like an experience of people who didn't know they had anxiety. So it was almost like. And so what did what made them want to smoke weed? They're college kids. Right. Of course. So that's recreational. Right. So that's a different thing. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. It's definitely people just like smoking on their own is what I'm talking about is like someone's like, oh, I tried it at a party or I tried it, you know, like here and then that's where all my panic attacks began. And uh, but what I was saying is from these people, it's weird how they, not everyone, because I know some people who smoke weed and they just, they truly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, these people who it's always the derealization the ones who are affected by it. It's like they have not just like the panic attacks, but they have the like how they all have seen each other. Like sitting there, they see their body. I'm like, I can't even imagine what that feels like, like feeling like you see yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing because with like the recreational type of marijuana, you have no, if you don't know where you're getting it, you don't know what else is in it. Right. So there could be some other type of psychoactive thing in it. That's not cannabis. Right. So that's why be very careful with drugs, people, if you decide to take them recreationally. No judgment at all. I mean, people, just please be safe. I don't want anyone to actually be in pain or get hurt. But that's why I think it's it can be scary. Like if, if yeah. you're just trying something, right? And not even just marijuana, but how about any kind of prescription medicines, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know how your body's going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, but it can be it can feel very scary not to have control of what's going on around you. I think that's like the biggest thing because yeah. with anxiety already, you feel like out of control. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being in college, like it was just so casual. Like everyone was doing it. And the only reason why I didn't is because I saw my brother go through that. 
when I was younger and I was like, heck no, like he was crazy. You know what I mean? So I it just never, I never had the desire because I saw what he went through, but I don't know if I, if I would have seen him go through that, if I, you know, if I would have, but all, all my friends did it. Everyone I know tried it. So it was just like, it, it's so common. I think it's way more common than we think. And people in their twenties listening and like their teens, 18, 19, 20, you're not going to go get a medicinal card. Like you're just going to do what all your friends are doing. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I feel like at, at an older age, you're more educated to know what you're putting in your body. But when you're young, you're drinking Burnett's cheap vodka and smoking whatever's around from the local well, drug dealer. If you are those ages and listening to this, then that's amazing. Hopefully, maybe you're getting educated. By yeah. of this. So yeah, that's right. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of peer pressure. You know, there's Absolutely. a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, I did it when I was young and I drank. I only tried pot a couple times, but it was honestly because someone told me that it would make me feel better when I was nauseous. And it actually did. <laughs> so I didn't get any of those other side effects, thank God, but I didn't get it from a doctor. I was like, sure, let's try it. I got it from someone I trusted though. But still, um, yeah. you know, but I would say that if you are generally like a highly stressed or anxious person, I would probably not try it. No. I, yeah. I would Until not. you have someone that can monitor it for you because yeah. you're right. Like, that you don't know how your body's going to react to it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I mean, um, but obviously, yeah, people that are, if you're in college or you're in high school, like you, that's what you do in high school and college. Right. And right. You experiment. That's what life is. I just, please be safe. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I just hope that no one, you know, when they experience the derealization and depersonalization, I mean, it's almost like coming down from it has to be so hard to do depending on like, even if you try the five senses exercise, right? Like if that doesn't help so much or the ice, then, you know, then what, you know, have you ever gotten to a point where you feel like you couldn't come out of it? Um, I actually feel like that was the easiest for me to get past besides like, I think panic attacks were worst, worst. Okay. The derealization, I feel like I, I was really good at bringing myself back to the present, like over and over saying like, I'm here, like here right now, touching someone, touching my dog, just bringing myself back felt okay. pretty easy to do. I can't exactly remember that one time when the clouds, I think that was pretty triggering for a while. Mm -hmm. okay. It might've lasted like a night or something, but like waking up in the daytime obviously was just like, oh, okay, like we're here. We're okay. Yeah. And then like the the time at the restaurant, I went into the bathroom and I just like washed my hands with cold water. That's happened to me a couple times at restaurants. Restaurants seem to be a trigger for me with that, like almost like the de, uh, de, derealization part of like, whoa, like I'm not here right now. That feeling. Mm. Maybe I like uh, catch it before it's too bad. I don't know. Do you feel like... um when you're at a restaurant because maybe there's certain sensory mm -hmm. component as far Absolutely. as how loud it is and stuff Absol too. Absolutely. I get yeah. so, I mean, I've even taken like autism tests because I'm like, my sensory levels are just so bad. I don't know what that is and like how to help fix that. I definitely need to like look into that, but something when like, yeah. even when I'm trying to 
drive, I don't know if you're like this, but I'm sure a lot of people are. When I'm trying to drive, if I get lost or something, lowering the music down helps. Oh, yes. And my husband's always like, what How? What does that do? And I'm like, I don't know. And he is such a music guy. Like he'll be playing music on his phone or on the speakers in the house all day. And if I'm trying to get stuff done, I'm so heavily distracted by this music and it just like helps him. And okay, I'm like, that- I need to focus. And he was like, he's like, what does lowering the music do help you focus? And I'm like, it, well, the music is distracting me. That is honestly so funny. That's literally like the, the same thing. <laughs> I do that all the time and it's it's mo- yeah it is directions it's definitely directions i'm trying to think i feel like there's other times too where i'll lower it just because i can't it's like cuz i can't think i have to think and i need like the music to be low which is weird think- because oh sorry go no i was going to say i think that's more common for a lot of yeah, people yeah. that you do that it, i'm so good at multitasking but for some reason, it's just like when there's a lot of maybe like different types of stimulus coming at me. It's hard. I don't know. But I yes, I definitely like grocery stores, restaurants, crowds. Oh, my gosh. It's just so much. I feel like I'm in every single conversation because I'm like focused on the people in front of me. But then I'm also hearing what Billy and, and Joe are saying next to me at the other table. And then I'm looking at the waiter and then I'm it's just so much. I take in the whole room when I'm yeah. in places. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, also remember that when we're in a heightened state of anxiety or we're in a we're in that moment, right, where we're experiencing these, we're perceiving our surroundings as dangerous. Like something is we we feel like we're in danger. And essentially that's our body responding to danger. Right. right. We, we sort of, if you guys have heard of disassociation, this is very similar to disassociating. And when you're in this type of dangerous situation that you, that whether it's perceived or real, right, because it could be a trauma and you're in this real situation or you're in a perceived situation that you feel is so fearful, um, like you have a phobia or something, then your brain is trying to protect you from that. Mm-hmm. Right? Your brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. And so a lot of times disassociating or having derealization, depersonalization, it's it almost is like your brain is too – it's too, too traumatic. What's happening in that moment is too traumatic for your brain to process. So that's how it protects you from – or how you basically survive what ha- what's happening, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind so of like a panic think- attack. Yeah. Yeah. Your I mean, kind of misperceiving because it can't tell the difference between real danger and imagined danger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you think about like, if you think of if you've ever known or you've seen any movies or something where there is a person who has a very traumatic experience, right? It could be some type of abuse or, <clears throat> you know, a, a type of, um, what's it called? Like a war, like a natural disaster or something like that, or just some type of real big trauma. Sometimes they'll live, they'll go their life, their, their whole life and not their whole life, but, you know, years after the trauma, not really ever getting any type of treatment for what happened with like if they lost someone, like the grief of it or the trauma of it. 
And then like 20 years later, something will trigger them. Something that they either start having dreams or, you know, they'll have, um, they'll, they'll have a smell or they'll hear something or something like that. And something comes back to them and starts, they start kind of having these memories and they start remembering the experience. But it was so, the emotions when it was happening were so much that they literally couldn't carry that with them after it happened. So it literally was in a box locked in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, how I picture dissociation or um, mostly if there was something traumatic, but at some point it kind of starts opening up. And so with derealization and depersonalization, the symptoms of those are very similar to like disassociating when you're feeling like you are in this situation that is really scary. Right. And you're feeling yeah. like outside of yourself and you're like floating. Yeah. I, I think it's so important to educate yourself on it and like learn what those what those words mean and the definitions because I think it makes you feel so much less alone once you know that I think if I had known what those were back then, it would have helped a lot. Like, oh, I'm not crazy. Other people feel this way. Because I think those are the two symptoms that make you feel the most crazy. Yeah. Because explaining them to people, people are like, are you yeah. like, you know, people's yeah. first, first assumption, are you on drugs? Like, you know, it's like, like what's right. What, yeah. And, um, I think it, I think you'd be curious, anyone listening, if you talk to your friends or talk to your family about kind of just educate them on what these two, these two words are and these two terms, I guarantee you there will be more than one person that will say, oh my gosh, I've had that happen to me too. Yeah. They might just not have had the language to know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple other things I just want to mention tips on really quickly on what you can do if you find yourself, um, feeling like you're having derealization or depersonalization. So I talked about grounding yourself with the senses. Um, you know, also if you're sitting down, feeling your feet on the floor, like take off your socks and your shoes and feel your feet on the floor or like go outside and feel your feet on the ground. That is very grounding as well. Um, so visualization exercises can be really well, really great. Um, essentially think about different places or different people or even animals where you feel calm, where you feel safe, really, where you feel protected. Um, really imagining yourself in those places that make you feel safe can be really helpful. Um, also breath work is very important. So I talk a lot about this with panic attacks, right? Trying to, get your heart rate to a more balanced state. And so to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, you really need to practice breath work. So whether it's square breathing, four, seven, eight breathing, um, go onto YouTube and just type in breath work for anxiety, do a bunch of videos, very helpful. Um, something I actually has really helped me when I was anxiety, having an anxiety, not necessarily depersonalization or derealization, but it still helps is something called progressive muscle relaxation. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, we did on another episode? Yeah. Okay. See? (laughs) Good. It's a good technique. Well, so listen, guys, if you haven't heard it, then I'm just going to talk about it again because I love it so much. Um, So basically, you clench your muscles for about three to five seconds in each part of your body and then unclench them. Um, so 
it really helps just when our when we're triggered basically the prefrontal lobe in our brain which is like the rational part of our brain just kind of like isn't rational it just kind of goes away um and so being able to do these like movement exercises with our muscles and clench and then not clench it actually brings us back to that moment right so um it kind of regulates our arousal and stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So progressive muscle relaxation, Google that too. And it'd be really helpful. So those are just some of my healing tips. Um, I was going to do a healing tip of the day, but I just gave you like four healing tips of the day. So practice those, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was awesome. And then I have a quote of the day. Um, Life is like a camera. Focus on what is important capture the good times, develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. I love that. Did that make sense? Because I had to like think about it when I read it. (laughs) Yeah, read it one more time. Okay. Life is like a camera. Focus on what is important. Capture the good times, develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. A lot of people maybe who are younger don't know like about developing pictures. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. So like, oh. you know, like how the picture develops from a negative. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So just take another shot. It's like, don't yeah. give up and, and just remember that you're never alone in this. And if you're experiencing any of these types of symptoms, we see you, we hear you. If you need extra support, please you know, it's okay to go and seek help from a therapist. And if you feel like you haven't found one you liked yet, please don't give up. And I try and answer my DMs as much as possible. I'm getting so many now, but I can try and help you. There's so many great tips on how to find a good therapist for you on my page. Also, I have a highlight on my page that says therapy. And there's a whole bunch of resources that can help you find the right therapist for you. So you can also try better help, which is amazing. Um, so just go on, you know, my page and you'll find a lot there. But really, this is something that's scary for a lot of people, but just know that you're not alone and that we're here for you guys. So and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe, which I always forget to do till the end. Everyone's right. always with podcasts. <laughs> they say you shouldn't say this at the beginning. So sorry, you guys, but Hopefully you're listening still right now and rate and review and subscribe because that's what's going to help us get our message out to more people. So love you guys. We will be back next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, 
that's a self-paced course. And if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out. And as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.